All right, part two of the episode coming up. Hope you guys went for a walk, glass of water, or whatever, because we are in for another hour of discussion, conversation with my good friend Taylor. Uh, yeah, this is it. Just one more hour, guys. You almost made it through. It's so interesting what you're saying. It's so interesting because I am 100% with you on that. And I've seen it because we also have a strong presence on Instagram. And uh, we use the tool daily. But we don't we don't put sparkles on things. I, tend, I try to show the reality of what we do and the ups and downs. Uh, but still, I think people see Hollybilly as a certain type of place. And it is, in many aspects quite great you know especially for staff because sarah and i built it around staff well-being but in the end it's always going to be hospitality like you said at kitchen work is you're going to try to make it as comfortable as you can respect the hours invest in good uh, equipment you can do everything that you want but pay pay all the hours whatever like really really break uh that 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 you know bad circle of just bad hospitality places and um you can do all that and still at its core, it is a tough industry and you need to enjoy that. And um, we, we've been through those emotions as well. And like I've seen, I've, I've sat in interviews and like I can tell someone, you know, is seeing us in a certain way. And like I, I, I grew. So now what I do, and it seems a little harsh, but like when I sat with a person within the first seconds, I tell them, this is a bad job. This is a hard job, you know, and like I do I just, as well. You need to let you, you need to tell them right away. You need to be open and transparent. And then it's not about telling them like, this is shit. I'm like, I, I am getting the vibe that you think that this is all about like talking to people and, and meeting customers and like sipping on coffee and, you know, all these great food is coming out of the kitchen. And that's part, that's actually quite true, but it comes with so much more. And like, especially now in 2020, I don't know if you're getting these resumes as well. And like, I cannot frown on those people because I was one of these guys coming from like the, you know, the fashion industry or the music industry. And they, and I'm getting so many resumes, dozens that are like, I want to change. I want to do something with my hands. I want, I'm done with this. I, you know, and I'm like, that's cool. I hear you. I was one of you, but just so you know, you're going to be making shit money or like compared to what you were making, you know, it's pretty good, but it's pretty shit. And and it's going to be long and hard. And at the end of the day, you're going to be, I'm sorry, but you're going to be on your knees scrubbing the bathroom because someone's got to do it. And that person's you, you in front of the house. We, you, you, there's a, a closing procedure, uh, closing procedure, sorry. And, and, and that procedure, we clean the bathroom. Are you ready for that? You know, because mm-hmm. it's going to be a, a big chunk of your work. Um, so I try to burst those bubbles respectfully and with a smile but within the first seconds of the interview because yeah. you have to i mean i i think one of the most common um introductory letters that we receive is um i'm not a professional baker but baking is my passion um <laughs> and the the thing that i have to say because i i have definitely like when people come to you with this passionate thing of like i need i i just i'm looking for my foot in the door and you know i, I gave you a foot in the door so it's, it's not like against these things and I've definitely hired those people and they hate it like what working in an industrial um, production facility and baking a cake at home on a Saturday afternoon they are they couldn't be further away from each other (laughs) truth true it's so true it's so true but like if you think about this it's even harder for me because I was the guy that was given the chance you know so like now I kind of have to give that chance to people and also I've been pretty vocal about my story so most people know that's where I come from so like when they send me that email they think they're striking that chord of like hey man you know you were me so come on, you know, and so and when I give that when I give them a chance, 
um, you know, then I kind of have to. And then I, I, nine times out of 10, I can tell if someone's going to make a break. And anyway, it's hard because what is it? Maybe one in, one in 10 people, one in 50 people is going to be like actually going to make something out of that opportunity. And it's hard because sometimes we we might be missing on some, on some really good people, but um, yeah, most of them are really disappointed with what, what the job really is. Yeah, I think it's, I think in a, in a similar sense, you know, you said that you've been open about your story. I've been quite open about my story, about my, like my mental health journey uh, and, and how I try to tie in like mental wellness in my workplaces. Um, you know, and what that does, it, it, it also attracts people that are very much like me that are like mm. very, very emotional, sensitive people. And of course, like that has an impact on our culture as well. Um, you know, and it's it's just so interesting about trying to keep a balance so that we don't lean too far in any direction, yeah. um, you know, because there's you need to also have a functioning business whilst taking people's needs into account. And it's, yeah, it's, I just think it's really interesting. It's like, so true. It's so yeah. true. And like, we're the same. I mean, you know, it's like, I'm going to try to make everything as good as possible for you. But in the end, we need to make a buck. We are a business, you know, and it's it's always that, not really struggle or fight, but it's finding that balance between like giving and receiving, but not, it's it's definitely when you're, I think, I don't think that's true, but like to um, being a being a, a a bad owner or I, not really caring for your employer's feelings might actually be easier short term. In the end, long term, it's it's unsustainable and it's going to be a bad business. And that that uncareness will uh, dripple down to every level of your business. So doing what you and I and Sarah we do as owners is the way to do it. I want to make sure that everybody's listening to this knows that you have to care. You have to look after your people, but it is tricky and it will create some situations where you're definitely leaning too much on one side rather than the other. So it's, it's, it's definitely, and I don't think we'll ever get it right. And it's always going to be a struggle that balance. Yeah. I, I think about, I think it's the thing that keeps me awake at night, to be honest, is like, Mm. how do I give, enough and also maintain the future of my business because and and I I don't want to ever make people like make people think that I'm sacrificing their needs in order for my business but like recently we've gone into this I mean you it's almost the same as you guys but we don't have like a full lockdown they've basically said that you can't serve alcohol anymore so a lot of restaurants have closed um and there's like a whole bunch of new rules about um, how far you can be from one another using masks in the space, blah, blah, blah. And of course, like people are doing home office again. So our our numbers have dropped. And what that means is that I have to reduce people on the schedule. And I also have to reduce the opening hours too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like the, the fear that kind of like spread through people of like, oh, am I not going to get my contracted hours? And, and just like, it just went and I said, you know, the last thing in the universe that I'm going to do is put people, is, is lay people off, you know, mm, because that, mm. that is what the state is is kind of expecting a lot of restaurants and cafes to do is to put people on. We call it here permitting. And it's basically like um, you get your income from the state. So, okay. I, you know, I had, to, I had to say to people, like, there is never going to be a moment in time where you are not getting your income. Like you, mm. you are always going to be paid. I mean, mm. the business could go bankrupt, but you're always going to get your money. <laughs> like mm. there are systems yeah. here in Norway that protect the worker to the nth degree. 
Um, and yeah, like I even went through a round of like raises with people. <laughs> like I, I, I bumped the salaries of everybody who works in, in the kitchen and the production facility actually recently. Um, I think that's that's good. I I weird I I weird the same. I'm gonna gr- agree with you again. It's um you need to uh, reward effort, and if someone's doing a really good job, and also in this industry, well, it's not so true now, but like for a while, it was hard to get find good staff, and um uh, you always, have to make you know you you got to make sure these people stay with you, and it's yeah. not about like just feeding them, um, keeping them around with money. You know, if someone needs to mm. leave for X and Y reasons, that's fair. Also, you need to respect that choice. But like, mm. it's such a smart decision as an owner to invest in in someone financially because saying thank you, you know, and a pat on the shoulder is great. And that should be done as well. But uh, at one point, it's it's also about zeros. And, and you, you need to make sure that someone who's giving you everything and is doing a good job uh, uh, is, is compensated. And I will always remember my first raise was a Duchess. And one day, Bobby, I think I was over the hump and I was finally making decent coffee and she she was like, we're giving you a raise. And that feeling, those words, beyond the money, because I wasn't mm. really so much about the money. It was like, we see you. We see yeah. the effort. We see you're on time. We, th- mm. we see you do a good job, and we're going to give you more money. The money, sure, is great. But like the fact that your boss is like, you're doing good. You're doing a good job. We're going to give you more money. You know, it's there's no you know the, the value of that is, is is incredible yeah I think being seen is, is an incredibly important thing and it's something that I always try like I kind of live by the, the ethos of if you think something nice then you should say it and I, I try mm. to spend as much time like I have a production facility that has like a roasting a roast a roastery and a production like a donut production and I have three different cafes so like wow. getting, getting around to all of those places all the time has been uh really really hard but yeah, definitely. Like I try to spend some one-on-one time with everybody and um, yeah. Yeah, just try to like meet their needs, I guess. But I think we skipped out. Like I didn't even tell the story about like what happened between Tim Winnebow and now. No, it's, <laughs> it, there's so much to talk about. It's hard to keep it, you know, uh, linear, but like we can definitely go back to that. Uh, but I'm so glad we talked about everything we talked because this was really interesting. Um, so you were uh, at Tim's and then what happened? Uh, at the end of, uh, I mean, I, I guess I can be super open about this. Like, I, Up to you. yeah, when I moved to Norway, um, I ended up meeting my husband in 2015. Um, and I was still working at Tim's then. And when I met my husband, I was like not mentally doing great. And I think like having someone in my life that was giving me unconditional love, which I mean, that's the reason why I married this guy. He's an absolute gem. Um, but, you know, having for the first time in my life experiencing unconditional love and unconditional support, I actually fell apart. Like I had a nervous mm. breakdown and I ended up in, uh, in, a, in a psych ward. Like I was just absolutely a mess. And it was because like no shade on my parents. I just grew up in an alcoholic home and, and mm-hmm. I had like all of this trauma associated with that that I never really dealt with. And mm-hmm. the beautiful thing about the Norwegian healthcare system is that it was there to catch me. So I got to be off work for a little bit and I was like on sick benefits uh, and I spent some time in hospital and I spent some time, like a lot of time in therapy, just kind of like working out a treatment plan and working out how to get back to it. But, you know, when I got back to Tim's, um, I mean, like the, the work environment at Tim's went before I left was not great. Like when, mm. when you're experiencing mental health issues, like some colleagues are great, some do not <laughs> come with compassion. And it was, I guess, a bit of a compounding effect on, uh, on like my, my not wellness. 
Mm. Um, and yeah, I just like, when I went back there, it was, I, I didn't feel welcome there anymore. And I was mm. like, look, looking for a bit of an out. And it was then that, uh, I kind of like started this idea of, you know, I know how to roast coffee and I want to start my own company. And I, and I met this person and we just like really vibed and we had this really great, like, um, kind of thing together and he and yeah. I started this business and we started this online coffee roastery and he did all of like the admin and the finance cause he's Norwegian and he was like navigating the bureaucracy of it. And I did all the other stuff. So all the, you know, like design and, and, uh, all the social media, all the roasting and all of the, the like technical stuff. Mm. Anyway, we, it was looking great. I remember it. Yeah. It we, I mean, we had a great time. It was uh, what an amazing business. And it was then that I, I came back to Melbourne and I actually did a month that, um, this place called all day donuts in Brunswick. Mm -hmm. And I learned how to make donuts and I started doing the, the pop-ups weren't to do with what I was doing with the roasting business. It was kind of like a separate thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I started doing don't like pop-ups out of my apartment and like the pop-ups went crazy, dude. I remember <laughs> it was insane. I was watching from afar and I was like, wow. And I never, I mean, I had some experience from when I was working at Duchess in the kitchen, but mostly self-taught. Um, and so we, I was doing these pop-ups and doing this roastery business and we got offered a physical space and we were like, oh, let's like do the coffee and the donuts in this one place. We got these investors, investors weren't great guys. Um, but I was like, oh, you know, it's going to be fine. You know, if you work yeah. hard and it's, yeah, if you work hard, we'll figure and it put, out. put every, yeah, we'll figure it out. Anyway, of, of course, like there's a very long story short, we opened the cafe December 2017. Everything was gangbusters. Like we were so short staffed and we we were making as many as we could and we were selling out at lunchtime every day. It was just absolute craziness. Like you could never imagine that it, it would have been that successful. Wow. Anyway, worked myself into the ground doing like 350 hours a month. I was just like, and and all it did was just catapult me back into being severely mentally ill. <laughs> <laughs> mm, too much uh, work yeah way too much work like no one can function on that and and you know I wasn't getting support from a business partner and I wasn't getting support from my staff and I wasn't getting support from the investors and it was just all bad I was being a shit boss because I was so tired and you know I, I came with this idea of being the kind of boss that Wendelbo is which is like very strict very systematic very um you know it, everything is done one way and one way only um mm. but the thing is like when you're a woman you can't lead like that. Like, oh. I'm I'm sure there are some women who have done it successfully, but certainly not for me. I think That's like, interesting. yeah, 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 yeah. Like the gen the gender expectations because I have a vagina. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I have to be nurturing and I have to be flexible. Wow. And you know, the, these are the things that I've learned over this time. Is like even if even if I really appreciated how how it was to work for Tim and I really appreciate the structure of his company, I can't lead like he he does. Um, wow. I have, I have had to like navigate this on my own and work out like, and you know, I'm sure some of my employees still, they don't think that I'm a great boss. I'm sure. Like I can't please everybody when you have 36 employees, it's hard, like, isn't it? dealing with 36 different people's needs. Some people I'm not going to drive with and I have to just live with that really. Um, but especially when I'm, you want everything to be so great, like we have yeah. such big expectations of like what we want to provide, you know, and so it's it's hard to reach those those highs, you know, mm -hmm. when you when you have so many people working for you, even though you try really, really hard, you know, some people put the bar at different levels for different yeah. things. And so 
trying to like offer this this one place that works for everyone is tricky mm-hmm. yeah and like everyone has different needs in regards to like the way they like to be communicated to and be given feedback yeah. and yeah it's just tricky but so yeah the thing that ended up happening is that my business partner and investors um kind of ganged up on me and tried to get rid of me out of the business because they saw me as a liability because of my mental health. Um, that was, I saw that from afar and that was, a, that was a, a scary, weird time. I was, I was trying to like piece the, the pieces of the puzzle together from here, mm, from mm. what you were saying on, on Facebook and whatnot. And it just felt very like a, this very hostile takeover. Yeah, yeah, it really was. And I mean, the really beautiful thing is that there are a lot of people in Norway who saw it exactly for what it was and and just said, like, you know what, we're not going to stand for, you know, shady business practices like this. Everybody knew it was my baby. Like it was it Mm. was the the 15 years in the industry that I'd done, like manifested into into a place. You could just see Mm. it. It was I was ever in every inch of that place. Yeah. The way that we communicated to people, the way the store looked, the, the the products that we made, like every single thing I had touched and been involved in every single process and I'd worked yeah. so hard uh, and everyone was just like, no, fuck that. Like we're not, that's not okay. And so what ended up happening is that I took them to court and then we settled out of court and then the day after the settlement was um, signed, I started my new business. <laughs> oh, Wow. And yeah, I went from like, we, we signed the contracts. I signed the contracts with my new investors on like the 4th of January, 2019 or something. And I spent uh, like the first six months of 2019, like getting my coffee roastery production, like all set up in this new place. And then we spent the next six months um, like planning the opening of the first shop and, you know, getting all of our donut equipment in, training all of those stuff, getting the roastery up and running um, building the website, doing all those things. And then, yeah, we opened the first store February 2020 and then the wow. second store July 2020 and then the third store opened in September this year. So, yeah, three wow, stores. Wow, man. In a I got to tell you, from afar, like watching that timeline unfold on, on Instagram and Facebook and whatnot, I was I was impressed because that was, that was a lot of work at once. And everything, it seems like it's, it's you know, people always think it's like either – quality or quantity and i think you are doing both and i know you and i know you wouldn't like let anything subpar fly and so like she's you know she's opening all these places and she's doing it perfectly and like i look at the photos and i look for like you know hints of things not being done right and now that i'm i don't root for you i was like something's gotta give you know and i I look and like everything is polished and clean and tight and all the the construction looks neat and i know what it takes because i've been through my fair share of construction and driving those construction sites and getting everything where it needs to be and i mean props to you because i know how much juice that takes out of you on top of everything else you got to do so there's there's definitely some things that like looking at the finish on some things i would have done differently or chose it to you know sometimes i've I've not been there when a builder has made a decision and i have to look at that consequence for forever (laughs) yeah of course some stuff you gotta not let go but you gotta be a bit flexible and you know i know sarah sarah is very much more like you in the sense that she will not it needs to be one way and the perfect way. And and I'm and, and I tell her it's like, well, we also have to open. I remember she was putting on the brakes for the first opening of Holly Belly. She was just 
she was she was the, the tiniest detail she would postpone the opening and i was like well you, we gotta go as well there's this kind of like forward motion and you gotta accept that okay well maybe this plug is not perfectly where it needs to be or like we still need a, a coat of paint in that cupboard but let's go you know and and that's fine you can still tweak as you go i mean you've had a really impressive year honestly very impressive yeah, it's uh I mean from from the outside as I said like Instagram is is so polished and and you of know course. you only, you only see the rainbows and and I do try I think in my personal life I'm much more transparent about I I've had to put in a bit of like boundaries because for mm. a long time like I was the whole thing was on display. Right. And and the thing is is like it didn't it wasn't an accurate representation because I think like sometimes I would share more of the sad stuff than the positive. Mm. Mm. So, so now with like my business stuff, like I just celebrate the wins because, you know, yeah, there's no, yeah. there's no point in, in dwelling on the stuff that is disappointing or sad or like a bummer yeah. because, you know, those things pop up every day. I don't know what it's like for you, but like most of my job is putting out fires. Most oh, of them, I'll, I'll, I'll set a schedule of like what I think a day is going to look at, look like. And then I spend like more than half of it doing things that pop up on that day that need to be fixed right then and there. Um, Absolutely. 100%. That's exactly what it is. And I think that people are listening to this and are thinking about maybe doing what we do, do it. And it's great. And it's very rewarding. And it gives it gives you a lot. But also, the day today is like you said, putting out fires, you know, this is not working, this, this is broken down, this guy didn't show up, or we having x and x issue. And it's it's on you. It's all on you. Yeah, yeah, I think like, full transparency right now, um, with like the way that Corona works in Norway, uh, if you have any symptoms, you're immediately not working anymore. And you're also your mm-hmm. salary, your salary is, is paid 100% by the employer. Like those, oh, those the employer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the way that it works, like the first three days is paid by the employer. Um, and then the state will take over the rest of the days. But oh, wow. sometimes like the, like the criteria for fitting if it is COVID related is pretty strict. And so right now <laughs> in one of our departments, like the, the production kitchen, I currently have like five people off on sick leave yeah. out of yeah. out of a team of like 12 people or something. I and feel you. Yeah. 100%. And, and, yeah. And this is the thing is like, I mean, I, I love the system in Norway. Like the fact that the employee is never going to go without salary. So important. So glad that it exists. I think that every country should be like this. It's so progressive. Um, but the company is like bleeding out money and like yeah, there right. is, there is no government support package right now that all of the support stuff like ended at the end of October and there is nothing. And, the, it's, the, and it's just like yeah. our revenue has dropped like a crazy amount because it, no, no one wants to go out in public anymore. And it's like, how long are we supposed to exist this way? Like, I yeah. know, I know. Man. It's so hard. I don't, I think, I hope that people see how hard it is. I, I Sarah and I also were really hoping that staff see how hard it is. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we really, we, we, we toss the word family around a lot and I know it's yeah. kind of cliche, but we really try to run as a family, but, um, we, it's it's hard. Like Sarah does the schedule. I don't touch schedules because I suck at it. And so she's just like I the, the the when I close my eyes and I think about Sarah, the picture that comes to mind is her like holding her head, like you know, face in her hands, just with on the screen is the schedule. And like, how do the fuck do we get through another week? Because you know we have like the COVID is also present. You know, 
uh, at Holly Belly, and we have to make sure that we do the safe thing, but we have to do what's safe financially. We have to do what's safe um, sanitary as well. And mm-hmm. it, those things are so impossible to balance sometimes. And you have to make calls and take decisions 20 times a day and you have to keep everything in mind the people's safety the staff safety the financial safety of holly belly because if we go down there will be nothing else to protect you know and so it's the first time that we ever feel threatened or at risk we were Mm -hmm. were doing a pretty well money was coming in we were good at managing that money and so uh the way it was looking it was it was it was hard but it was smooth sailing for years to come and covid really threw a wrench in that and 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 suddenly you have to make calls that you wish you would never have to make. You know, well, mm-hmm. so this guy said that he's feeling this way. Is it COVID? Is it not COVID? Okay, he's going to be out for four to five days until he get results. Who's cooking? You know, we we're mm-hmm. not a business. We, 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 sorry, we're not a, an office work. You know, where you can just like that stack of folders and files is going to sit there for five days, and then you can come back to it and get yeah. get, get get your job done. We have to put food in the place, coffee in the cups, uh, mm-hmm. welcome people. How do you do that with, with two locations? It's yeah. it's impossible. It's hard. Yeah, I think if all of my team was well, I would actually have way too many employees. But at the moment, I need to have way too many people uh, on my payroll because of the amount that is constantly out sick. Yeah. You need a buffer. Uh, yeah, I need a, a really, really serious buffer. And it's kind of scary as well because, you know, we have to – I don't know what it's like in France. I can't remember the system. But we make the schedule for one month at a time, two weeks oh, one before. One month? Yeah, oh, one wow. month at a time, before two weeks before – that month. So for example, like I'm coming up on the 15th of November. So I need to make sure that I have the full month. And I typically try to stay out of doing the schedules now. Like I have a kitchen manager who does the kitchen uh, schedule. I have like the, the department managers of the different shops take care of their schedules, but I've just had like one of the store managers has stepped down and I'm putting someone else in her place. So I'm just going to do that schedule for this coming month. And that's, but it's that's like, a month. That's huge. yeah and that's normal here if you don't do it you will face like backlash so oh wow and i mean that's this like i mean if someone would like to understand like what the norwegian system looks like let me let me paint a paint a picture for you so in norway the employee has all the rights and i think it's probably the same in france actually as well um like the the blame will always fall squarely on the employer like regardless of the situation um employees jobs are like super duper safe like you almost can't lose your job for any reason you have to do something incredibly bad to get fired pretty and much even, the same here yeah 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 um so it means like job security tight as a really tight um you you work 37 and a half hours a week uh no more than that especially even in the kitchen like i do not have employees working overtime at in any capacity whatsoever um, if you do, I think over like certain periods of time, you get like 40% extra per hour with salary. Um, you get paid vacation every single year. Like we put away 10.2% of everyone's salary um, per month. And then we pay it out in bulk on the 10th of June every single year. And that's their like holiday money. Um, you have four times a year that you can call out sick for three days at a time with no doctor's note. Um, oh, wow. Yep. And then after that, if you want to get a doctor's note, you can be gone for as long as you like, completely paid salary, um, no questions asked. How do you um, manage that? That's unmanageable. That's crazy. Dude, dude, you have no idea. It's, it's no. the most amazing system in the world, but from an employee's perspective, an employer's perspective, 
it's so hard. <laughs> I don't so want to put you on the. I don't want to put you on the spot, but like, are people? Because like, it's a great system, but the system is is always as good as the people. So like, if people see it as as this great system and don't abuse it, well, then great. But like, I, I I'll talk for France, but like, we have these great systems in place as well. Maybe not as extensive, but pretty much the same from what you're saying. And what happens is that unfortunately. Uh, not everyone. I don't want to generalize, but like a few people will take advantage of the system. What is what is it like for you? Are people respectful of those great mechanisms and systems, or is it is it taken advantage of? That's a great question. Um, I think the the way that I the only way that I can think about it is that I'm just appreciative that these systems exist, and always mm. there are people that are always going to take advantage of these things. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, but for the people who take advantage of it, it is necessary for the people that they didn't need it, you know, this like yeah. safety net. And, you know, I used this safety net, like this safety net caught me and got me yeah. healthy again. So yeah. then yeah. I created like 80 jobs between my old business and the business that I'm running now. Like I've employed like 80 people throughout. <laughs> like yeah, it's crazy. crazy. I've made so that's many crazy. jobs <laughs> as a, as an, like an immigrant, I'm an immigrant in this country, you know? And like I, there's this thing called, um, oh, what's it called? It's like a test that you have to take. If you want to be the CEO of a company in Norway, there's a okay, test that you have okay. to take. Do you know it can only be done in Norwegian? All no the way. Other, yep. You can do your tax in English. You can do everything else can be done in English except for this test. And Did you like, take it? No, I still haven't taken it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. Like I want to make a political stand and say like this is meaning that you're not going to get this like – this cultural diversity from, mm. from people who are running really successful businesses because you yeah. creating jobs. Yeah. 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 And, and, and bringing like diversity and stuff. But um, I mean, to answer the question about the, the sick leave thing is all you can do from my perspective is approach it with faith, with good faith. Mm. Because yeah. if, Otherwise, if you, you, drive, you drive yourself crazy, if you start if you let you know, being it paranoid into your head, if you think, because yeah. there's, there's a really common phrase in Norwegian called like time dagish, like take a three day. And it's, ah. it's like people, because there's this, it's the egg and milling system, like a self-reporting system of like, you have a maximum of three days at a time before you have to return to work. And you can take that up to four times a year. Oh, and when you have kids, you also get 10 days of, um, you can just be at home with your kids sick as well. So if you're a parent, you have like 25 days of holiday a year, which is stipulated by the law. And then theoretically you can take, if you tra- take all of your egg and milling, that's another, hang on, three, yeah, 12 days. No, it's more, 16 days. And then another 10 days of parental leave as well. And now in wow. Corona, they've, they've put it up to 20 days of parental leave. They reset all of the days off. So, And that's all paid by the employer. All of those wow. days are paid by. I did the math on it. And it's like, it's an ex- if all of my employees took all of this time, it would it would destroy us. Like financially. Oh, it would. It would, it would really. As you're talking, it's the only thing I'm thinking about. I'm, I'm doing some quick math in my head. I'm like, how do you sustain that? And also, on top of that, you need to give a, a month of roaster two weeks in advance with all these parameters on top. It sounds like the impossible thing to oh, do. Oh, totally there's, one more, there's one more thing as well. With if, no. you go, if you go out on a sick leave, the first 16 days is paid by the employer and then the state takes over after that. So you have like the first 16 days is paid out by the employer. Um and that's the thing, like, um, there's been a lot of stuff in the news lately about, like, because it's doctors who give sick notes, right? 
yeah, they, yeah, yeah. But it's not the doctors who decide. Like I've I've been in a doctor's office, and the doctor is like, "Do you need to go off on sick leave?" Mm. Like that's yeah, the question yeah. that happens. It's not yeah, like yeah. I'm completely incapacitated and can't work. And then you know you've got this whole other system as well of like. Uh, a couple of years ago there, there was like a new government that came in, in place and, and they put in a system of like, okay, sick, the sick leaves in this country, it's the highest of any country in the world. We need to put in some checks and balances in order to like wow. fix this system. And so now the employer has to do all of these follow-ups that we didn't have to do before, which I think it's, I think it's a really good thing. It's fair. It, it sounds fair. Yeah. And, and, but that's the thing is like, all of the administration time required to do all of these follow-ups um, with people that are sick, it's like like tens and tens of hours per work per, per employee that is off sick too. So it's, yeah, I don't know. Like this is one of the things that I, I am such a huge advocate of like really great work, workers' rights. My dad's a union guy. So like I grew yeah. up with this like in my bones and this yeah. is definitely, you know, I've been an employee for bad bosses. And I've really struggled because like it's it's scary and you have no job security and you're always like, I'm going to come to work even though I'm sick because <laughs> I'm not going to get paid yeah. otherwise. I don't want it to be like that. But yeah. being an employer in a system like this is really, really hard. <laughs> it sounds so really hard. difficult. But I'm, I'm, we're, we're the same, Sarah and I. We feel the same. Um, and, and I always look back at Melbourne and I was like, it just, I, it sounds like an owner's dream, but also that would also create some excess uh, and some abuse. But like, I remember, I think I was, I did a trial at Proud Mary and they were like, how come? Okay, well, so we had a quick chat and they were like, well, come on Monday and we'll take it from there. And it was so easy. And I did a few hours on Monday. Uh, I I want to be fair, and I don't remember if I was paid or not, but maybe I was fed or something. It was, and then you know I don't think I aced it, so I, I never came back. Uh, and or maybe I, I I did okay, and I came back for a few days. Or anyway, it was so flexible, and I envy that flexibility because here in France, I don't want to dish out the system because I also believe like you that that employees needs to be protected, but it's so it also puts a, a lot of friction on the hiring process. I think I would have, and I don't want to talk for Sarah, but I think I would be much more inclined to have four or five, six holly bellies if it was a little easier to hire. Um, do you know that to do a trial with someone, we need to, uh, uh, we need to uh, input them into the system, create a pay sheet for them for that only single day. And then we need to pretty much technically fire them if it's not working out. It, it's not mm. flexible. You need to create that employee within the, the, the official structure of your business. Mm. Whereas in Melbourne, you can be like, hey, come for a day, you know, no strings attached. You do a shift. If things go well, you come back for more shift. You know, if you, if you yeah. one day. We have to do something pretty similar. Like we have to get their tax card and we have to. Yeah, that's insane. That was so much. We pay for trials as well. But I, I literally, I'm part of this group on Facebook that's like Melbourne Barista Union. And yeah. I saw a couple of days ago there was this mega thread of people saying like, oh, is it normal to like not get paid for a trial? And there were a bunch mm. of people being like, oh, yeah, like the law says that you can actually do a three-hour unpaid trial. Um, and then a bunch of people saying like, yeah, that's the law, but like don't work for someone who doesn't want to pay you for those three hours. And it's like we have a thing called perhaps like like trial period but written into the contract. Mm-hmm. Um, Same as yeah, yeah, two yeah. months. Yeah, yeah, uh, we do we do six months, um, but I think we might change that because it's like after that it's three months um, resignation period, and then before it's just two weeks. Okay. Um, but yeah, the thing is, is like 
Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> I think I just lost my train of thought. I know, it's okay. You were saying that group, that group, uh, that Melbourne group, maybe, on, on yeah. Facebook. But yeah, like this mega thread about it just basically employers, like, that they're bad guys for wanting people to... It The, the trial period is just as much for you as it is for the employer. Exactly. Like, you're not that's, having that's... a great time at this place. Like, that's your out. You're like, you yeah. know what? I don't vibe with this place. Like, it's not, it's not for me. That's how I sell it. I was like, well, come on Monday. You know, you do a full shift. You, you open to close, which we don't usually do. If you open, you don't close. If you close, you don't open. But just for the sake of trial, then you see everything. And then if you sign, if you sign up for it and you're like, yeah, I want to work here, you've seen it, you know, and you make that that, that decision knowingly. Uh, it's it's also for us, but it's mostly for the for the person that that's, that's you know, uh, it's going back to what we were saying is like, you might have a vision of a business from the outside, but we're offering you a day where you can sit from the inside and then if you still really want it, the same way that I still wanted it with Duchess uh, and other jobs, then you sign up knowingly, you know, and there's no bad surprises. Oh, I didn't know it was going to be like that. You know, that the trial is for that. And I just wish whether it's like where you live or where I live, I just wish there was a little bit more flexibility in that process mm. because it would definitely help creating more jobs. And I think I, I became with time a little skimmish about hiring because it's such a big commitment to a person. It's almost like marriage. Like you were saying, you know, I mean, you didn't say that, I'm saying that, but it's, yeah, it's a big commitment because it's hard to fire that person. It's hard to, uh, if things are not working out, it's really, really hard to, we've never had to walk down that path maybe once in seven years where like someone is really not working out and they were past that period of time where it's kind of actually kind of easy to say our goodbyes. Um, but it creates fear. It creates fear and it creates uh, paranoia from the importer standpoint. Mm. And if we could just inject a little bit more flexibility in that hiring, like, you know, uh, quote, quote, like sniffing each other's ass, like dogs do, you know, like, are you, are you right for me? You know, it's, it's, it's also kind of primal like that. We, well, we're not allowed that time to like get to know each other a little bit before, before we actually sign on anything. And I think that creates a lot of unnecessary stress on both, for both parties, really, you know? Yeah. I mean, because that's the thing, like, I know that especially during this period, because, uh, almost, almost like all cafes and restaurants in Oslo, except for us, have been laying people off, have been putting people wow. into it, permitting. I actually got a letter from the state the other day saying, hey, um, you're the only, like one of the only businesses that has been growing during this period and hiring more people. Um, can we talk to you about like, what are you doing in order to have such a good business? And I was like, uh, I'm too busy to sit down <laughs> and talk to you about this. But um, like, if that gives you any idea of like where we've, we've done exceptionally well through this period. Uh, why? So like, now that you're sitting with me and you made time for me, I'm going to ask the same question. Like, what are you, what were your, what would you, what did you do to survive and thrive in those really difficult times? I mean, that's a great question. And I think that it's a combination of like luck plays into it for sure. Um, because you know, like the shops that we built, are built in a way that can be changed in order to follow guidelines very easily. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it was super easy for us to make the changes and keep the spaces safe. Um, mm -hmm. The way that the bars were built as well, they already had, like, we built the bars, like, one metre across as well. So, uh, and, you know, installing, like, Perspex guards and stuff were super easy. Right. Everything could be could be fixed and scaled in order to, to be safe. Um a combination was that because our shops are the way that they are, we could also stay open during the first lockdown when a lot of cafes had to close. 
and because it, you were ready for like, it in terms of like space sh- it's more like a shop than it is a cafe actually like it, it's more kind of fits into the retail the category of retail than it does okay um, hospitality so we were able to stay open because of that and therefore like because a lot of people were doing home office um our first shop was in the in the suburbs of oslo like it's not downtown downtown had like a really dramatic loss of income and like i think that this is a little bit to do with my choice of opening a place there you know so many people said to me like why wouldn't you open in grinlaka which is basically like the marae of uh oslo and i'm like mm-hmm. because there's so many places there already why would i why would i open in a place that already has so many options when i could Smart. open in an area that has nothing uh, and be that area's local cafe. Like, why yeah. wouldn't I choose that? <laughs> That's smart. And, That's smart. You know, we got to be like a bit of an oasis for everybody who lived in that neighborhood, which it's pretty dense population for for people that vibe with the kind of thing that we're doing. So yeah. we did really well through that period because, you know, people wanted to support local business as well. And, and uh, you know, we sold like sugar and caffeine. And in that first part of Corona, like everybody just wanted to to do a little something to make themselves feel a little bit better. And we just came, became, you know, part of that solution. Um, Comfort. Exactly. And also like, I didn't really choose to open three businesses this year. Those contracts were already all signed (laughs) Okay. before before Corona happened. You know, as you know, like you don't just open a shop a couple of months after you sign the contract. Like we, these things had been planned from 2019. So I had to fulfill my contractual obligations. And of course I'm going to give it my all, you know, I'm not going to half-ass any of this. I'm going to do it the way that I said I was going to, I'm going to like follow the guidelines and, and, build it in a way that's like correct for this moment in time um and also like part of it is I have a really great team too you know uh, especially like the guys that are uh you know store managers at the shop so many of them I just kind of said okay this is what I need from you this is the blueprint I'm I have full faith in you in order to achieve because I can't be everywhere all the time and I need no. to delegate and walk away um, and I need to be able to have faith in people. So it's it's just how was like, I, it might be my last question for you because I don't want to impose too much on your day off. But like it's knowing you and how you operate, I feel like delegating might have been a big one for you. And like I feel like if anyone, <laughs> I, I feel like anyone has done it successfully. Um, it's I mean you've 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 proven that you've done it successfully and you've it was in a given for you and so like maybe if you could touch on that I feel like it could help a lot of people that maybe are scared of delegating or like don't think it's even a, a, a possibility. Uh, you've proven that it's possible even though you're uh, really um, controlling is not the word, but like you like things done a certain way and, and you no, but you know what I mean. You have some standards and like sometimes it's easy to delegate when you're lazy and we don't have a vision and we you don't really care. You know, it's easier to be like, hey man, you do it, you know. But like when you like things done a certain way, it's that much harder. And so I feel like if it's someone who it might have been a challenge for, it might be you. And I feel like you're on the other side or the side of, oh, sorry, oh, on the other side of that transition now. So maybe if you could talk about that, that could be really interesting. Oh, I'm so glad that you touched upon this, actually. <laughs> um, so I think that one of the downfalls of my first business was actually my lack of ability to get to delegate because I had in my head, and I don't know where this concept came from, I thought that I had to do it all myself to be good. Mm-hmm. 
I thought mm-hmm. that that's what a good boss is, is the person who like takes the pressure off the shoulders of their employees. You know, I, I just wanted to be like, yeah, you get your 37 and a half hours a week and, and you get your 30 minutes break and you get your big healthy meal that you get to eat. And, you know, like the, I was like, oh, I just want to sacrifice myself for my team. Mm-hmm. I care about them so much and I want to show them how much I care about them. Mm-hmm. And it completely backfired on me because people felt like they didn't have control and they felt like they didn't have the the opportunity to to make decisions and and it was like this thing of they didn't feel power and i think there's been some really great research done into like when people feel like they lack control it 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 leads them to feel not good um mm. And so when I, and, and I realized like I couldn't delegate to some of the people that I'd hired in my first business because I, I, my hiring strategy was also different. I really wanted to hire people that had been out of work and give them opportunities to get back into employment. And these were people that didn't have the skills appropriate um, in order to take responsibility for these tasks. Like I had to mm. teach them too. So it was like I was teaching and doing, and but of course we were thrown in the deep end because we were so busy straight away. So it was just a bit of a recipe for disaster. So I knew going into this new business that I had to hire people that had pre-existing skill sets or at least personality traits that could lead to really good outcomes if they were delegated to. Uh, and I think I was really lucky because my first employee was Ida, who had actually been working with me in the previous business. And Ida is just an incredibly intelligent um, and very, like, she's very assertive and she's very solutions focused. And and the combination of that, I just felt straight away, like I could give her a task and walk away. She would ask me for help if she needed to, but mostly she would come with something finished. I could make a few little tweaks and then it would yeah. be beautiful. And it was yeah. just like that blossoming of that relationship just allowed me to take that and kind of expand it to everybody in the team. Yeah. I think the one place that it hasn't succeeded particularly well is um, in the production kitchen. A lot of the people who work in the production kitchen haven't worked in kitchens before. Um, Mm. And that's because, like, it's a very strange job. Like, we're not a pastry kitchen, we're not a bakery, and we're not a kitchen kitchen. We are something else entirely, and it just means that we appeal to a very strange group of people. The work is monotonous. It's working with industrial machinery. You're enacting the same recipes over again. There's very little, like, creativity involved in in that side of the business. Uh, And so, like... Getting and delegating to those people, I think, like, I found some people and I was like, yes, uh, you are going to be in this role and I am going to rely upon you for, like, recipe development and stuff. And then then I caught that person had stolen the work credit card and gone for a shopping trip, so I had to fire oh. that person. And, like, you know, it's uh, it's just I think the kitchen has definitely been, like, the most volatile part of this whole process in the delegating. But I get so much joy from it now. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm... At some things. And people are so much better than me. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. I'm so glad that you managed to see that. I think I came – well, because like our path, I started uh, being a boss, so to speak, before you did. And um, and I struggled with the exact same thing. And I came to the other side of that delegation pro- uh, uh, transition uh, before you did. And I was wishing that for you watching you from afar, I knew you were going to get to it at one point. I'm so glad to hear you say that one day now. Uh, it's so freeing. It's hard. And it comes with another set of, you know, challenges and, and troubles, but um, we are just one, you know, and, 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 and you, you've done it. You really try to be everything for everyone and get everything done. 
Uh, and I had the same feeling of guilt also of, of working harder than anyone else and being the first one there and last one to leave. Mm. Um, and I was really, really trying to lead by example, but that wasn't like in the same way, I wasn't the best example. I don't know why we felt that exhausting ourselves was going to make us more respected. Uh, I don't know why we felt the need to just work harder than anyone else. I don't think that's necessarily what our staff was looking for when they look at us, you know, and I'm, we, I came to the exact same uh, realization as you did for me, it took a child. Um, it was really when Louis was born that there was no other option than to delegate because mm. babies take such a huge space in your life that this, the way we were operating Sarah and I of like being there all the time and working asses off from opening to close and then, then, then some, was not even an option anymore. So we were forced into the delegation process. And it was also, Sarah gave birth two weeks after we opened the big Holly Belly, going from a team of seven. It was bad timing. And it was bad and great timing at the same time, you know? And Mm -hmm. so um, if to to anyone listening to this, I would say delegation is hard and it's it will cost you but mm-hmm. long term and like i only talked and i only invite people on these podcasts that have a long-term vision and i see you as someone that has a long-term vision and this is not a hit and run you're here to stay and if you have if you if, if you want to last in this game you need to delegate otherwise you're gonna and you're the, again an example of that you will burn out and and we i think we're too valuable not not you know, being too full of ourselves. I think we have a value to bring and we have a vision and we have talents. And 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 if we want to make sure that this vision and talent stays and last in time, we need to rely on others, you know, to, to play the long game because it's too hard it otherwise. Gives them, it gives them pleasure as well. I think that that's the thing that really can't be down. Absolutely. It's like and that, you let people invest in your business with their creative ideas and energy and, and extra, you know, extra oomph. Absolutely. They just feel Absolutely. so much more involved. It's not um, just about you as an owner having it a bit easier. It's also, like you said, I only see pluses. And one of the big pluses, like you said, is they feel so much more involved. And and, and so their work and the, the, the approach they have to work and, 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 and when they step in, you know, when they step in the shop in the morning, their involvement is so much more. Uh, it's it's only, I only see pluses, you know, it's it's hard and it's definitely a process. But when, once you successfully get through that process, it's, I only see pluses, you yeah, know. I, I, I still feel a little bit guilty honestly when yeah, I, when I see people doing the day-to-day and I just feel yeah. like that's my responsibility you know? yeah yeah um but also like I'm I haven't quite worked out how I'm to get there yet but like for me the last year has been really hard like I have mm. been working so much and of course like mm. Andreas my husband he carries like a huge load of the he basically when we moved uh, a couple of months ago it was basically he moved us house and I got the pleasure of like walking into a fully furnished new house I helped but like I was kind of off and you know I come home some nights and I'm so exhausted that I just fall asleep yeah. and and you know yeah. I just I don't I don't help out as much as I should at home um, which I mean, that's like the gender roles and that's another conversation for another day. <laughs> the thing is, is like, I need to start injecting my pleasure back into my work and doing the things yeah. that give me joy too. Cause right now I kind of like, for example, this weekend, because of the sick leaves, uh, I have to go in and work, uh, two, two boss shifts in the kitchen, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and you know, this means that I'll be working like six days this week. And, and, you know, that's coming off the back of like a, a 
14 day stint in a row as well. And you know, it's, I know, yeah, you know exactly what it looks like. No, it's, it's so like, it's, it's, it's funny and kind of weird. And, 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 and I'm exactly, we're exactly in your shoes. I mean, you know, COVID being COVID, like I had to drive back from the house that we have uh, in the country for, to cover um, a shift very last minute on the floor. Sarah's in the kitchen a whole lot these days. We're just like, you know, putting our fingers on holes all the time. And, uh, and it's, that's also, I think if anything, that's, that's, that's more valuable, you know, when things are good and things are running normally, we don't work as hard, you know, Sarah and I, like we managed to build it in a way that now we can rely on staff and like I, I can be at work at nine and leave by four 30 to pick up Bluey and that's yeah. fine. But when shit hits the fan and COVID shows up or anything else, really, whether it was terrorist attack or strikes, we here. And I think that's the only thing that your staff needs to know is that you always going to be around. And, 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 and if, if you need to step up, you will. I don't think having your foot fully on the accelerator all the time is necessarily what they need from you, but they need to be like, they, they see me aproning up whenever I need to apron up. I will never shy away from a shift. Uh, and I think in the end, I, again, I think I'm a little further down the road on that process of, of delegation than you are, but I think you, soon enough, you'll find that they just need to know that Taylor is here. And if, if we need her, she'll be here. And maybe I haven't seen her today because she was running errands or she was, you know, having a bit of, a, of, of an easier day or she was having a day off entirely. But hey, if we call her or if we need her, or if she needs the fan and someone, you know, gets cut in the kitchen or something, she'll be here, you know? And mm. I, that promise, I think, is is very powerful. It's a powerful one, you know? And that, yeah. that's really all they... And, and I think I'm really, really looking forward to moving a little bit more into the role of being, I think, everybody's... One of the investors that I have now, he has his own uh, chain of cafes that are like 15. And he says, he calls it walking around throwing glamour. It's like <laughs> he goes, it's it's not that he like wasps around or anything, but like I look forward to being the person who can come and give you a bit of good vibes and like cheerleading. Yeah. And I'm, I'm there yeah. to like, uh, you know, the other, the other week I like, uh, I had maybe a spare hour and I made pumpkin soup and scones for everybody in the kitchen for lunch. <laughs> and, you know, just li- little things like that of like, this is how I would like to spend my time and working yeah. a little bit more on creative projects. And You'll get know, there. I think that's, that's what's coming for you. I mean, are you, are you planning on opening more locations or is that, that's it for now? Uh, I think for now we're, we're really going into like not hibernation, but I guess like survival mode to get through yeah. until, until the vaccine is found. Like I'm not going to make any decisions about anything yeah. really. Uh, so we'll get there because I, like eventually. The kitchen doing some new product development or something, but, but certainly I think the next step for us would be to open a cafe in Bergen, which is like on the opposite side of the country. I think we would oh, wow. an- another city next actually, rather than more in Oslo. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing. If if you let dust settle a little bit and like let everything consolidate for for a few weeks, mm. you will definitely start having like pockets of time. Just because things eventually will fall into a rhythm. And I mean, COVID is not the best time, but eventually in your future, I think you'll see those pockets of time opening up. And you and, and it's up to you to do whatever you want to do with that time. Whether it's cooking for your staff or you know having a bit of a chat with someone and sitting down for lunch with one of them. Uh, and YouTube videos. That's and I want to write. I want to write. Like this is the thing that I'm. Yeah. most actually is this like the creative expression and getting back into the kitchen and developing new things too i haven't done it yeah. for so long 
long. <laughs> yeah, it's a privilege. People don't know that. People think that because you're the boss, you do whatever you want. But by the time you're done oh, doing no. all the things you need to do, yeah, that's, you, you know, we work for the business just as much as, even though it's our business, we work for the business just as much as anyone else, you know. And uh, I've been meaning to do a podcast for years. I just didn't have the time, you know. It's, um, but it's it's also part of a sanity and our balance as owners. If we only do day to day, and if all we do is putting out fires, then that's great. But we're gonna burn out again. It goes back to that discussion of burning out and lasting in time. And having those little outlets of creativity, like a podcast or cooking for the staff or creating developing recipes, is what will allow you to last for many years. You know, I think I believe. Yeah, and and you know, this is like it's not that it's my last opportunity, but like I certainly. My first business, it didn't fail because it's still there. And, you know, everyone kept their jobs and, and it's still, like, to me, it's still a success in a sense. Um, but, you know, I, I, there's so much, like, pr I think pride can sometimes be a positive thing because I have the, the, the pride and the drive to make this work because I, I don't have, like, this is all of my chips are cashed in. Like, this is it for me. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to make this one work. And it looks like it's going great. I mean, you know, it's uh, you, I mean, we haven't talked for years. And I think I'm in a good position to like just talking to you, make an assessment of where you are. And it feels like it's it, it sounds very healthy and it sounds hard and challenging the way it should be when you open three shops in the same year and it's fucking COVID. But like, I don't know, you're coming across as like happy and um, you might be tired and, and it might be a lot, but it sounds like you're in a good place. We're going in a good direction. And I mean, that's the go the beauty of therapy as well. Like I, I invest quite a lot in, in my mental health and like maintaining mm -hmm. positive mental health as well. So yeah, I mean, it's like you just get through like whatever comes up. It's like, okay, how do yeah. I scale this obstacle? And and like I've, I've kind of learned over time that me getting stressed doesn't fix the situation. And it's no, just like no. you get stressed for sure, but um, my reaction to it is sometimes like the most powerful thing. Um, yeah, it's true. Solutions focused. Like that's the only way. It, it's so true. I've been through, ex I mean, you know, I feel like I'm saying yes, yes, yes to everything you say, but that's exactly it. And, and also taking care of yourself on a personal level is huge. I mean, uh, we had to close for the second time this year due to COVID. And on Thursday we were uh, having our last, service and uh we were going to close uh on that day and so i was having my last staff meal at three i was sitting with sarah we we're just having a bit of food because it, it'd been a long day and we were both working on on in the kitchen on the floor and i just um lost a uh, sense of smell at 3 p.m i remember i was eating and then it just stopped and i know it's one of the symptoms of covid but i did get tested like i did all three tests of covid and they all came back negative and 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 since then since um a th a thursday uh, october 30th i haven't been able to taste anything and it's such a, a, a an essential part of who i am food and taste and flavor and uh, and also smells you know and so i, I haven't been able to smell or taste anything since then and it's i'm i'm very pretty much certain that it has something to do with my mental health so to speak mm -hmm. that it's so that that this year has been so challenging mm -hmm. and closing and the financial stress and seeing our money buffer just melting away and i i really i do feel quite happy and and uh, from the outside the outer layer is pretty positive and i know we'll make it through but i think there's some deeper things going on uh within me that i might not even be aware of and this is all tying up back to your therapy uh i think this is i've I had a really bad uh, 
back and my, my back's hurting me. My shoulders are really, 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 really hurting me right now. And I think if you want to think about it, I think that it's the weight of all these responsibilities and all that stress. And it's just everything is coming crushing on me on a physical level, although it's all very, very mental, you know, and I think I will only get my sense of tasting and smelling back the minute that I think I, I, I just undo those knots in my head about the business and where it's going and what's going to happen. I, I see it very, very um, connected together. And so the fact that you invest so much in therapy and like yourself as an owner to me makes sense because I'm on the other set, on the other end, the other end of that right now. And it's, it's costly, you know, it's costing me a lot physically. Mm. Oh man. I'm, I, as I said, like from my perspective, the way that you've handled, because I think France has had to be a lot more strict than us and you've handled it all so gracefully from the outside. Like you really deserve, um, you know, just a, a great amount of respect for how you've handled everything. Honestly, I just, I admire you and Sarah so much for everything that you've built. Like as watching it from the outside and watching your suit, like I am a huge cheerleader for you guys for, from day one. And I just, you know, there's, I think there's nothing that you can't do. And I, like, there's no doubt in my mind that you guys are going to get through this, but yeah, well, definitely. I, I feel the same about you. I feel the same about you and I have no doubt you'll make it through this. And I just wish, I wish for you and my, for myself and, and you and people like us who work hard. I just wish simpler times, you know, I wish you could, I don't have to worry about this and grow your three new shops with a bit more peace of mind. And I wish that to all my friends and ourselves, but like, you know, it's, it's, um, I think we deserve a bit of quiet and a bit of, you know, just there's enough you know, drama and complication in owning and running a business without all this crazy virus going on. And uh, anyway, I actually, I actually booked myself a massage today as well, which I, I, smart. I mean, it's coming up at, at 12 o'clock, so I might have to get going soon, but uh, I'm going to let you go. I had no intention of this running two hours long and dude, uh, we have a lot to catch up on really so much, so much, <laughs> but I'm thankful. I'm thankful you made the time and uh, I'm, I, 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 it made me really happy to talk to you for two hours um and yeah thank you for sharing everything with us my pleasure anytime well taylor I'll, i'm gonna let you go and uh, you enjoy that massage you enjoy your day off and uh you, you you keep pushing you keep pushing thanks dude likewise and give my love to sarah and louis all right guys this was my extensive conversation with my good friend taylor i hope you enjoyed it uh we definitely went over on that one but i think it was all worth it uh, thanks for listening as always share it you know make people listen to this thing and uh, rate it if you enjoy it a five star is always appreciated I have been told it makes a difference uh, Merry Christmas everyone have a good one uh, eat a lot of food hang out chill and we'll see you in 2021 I reckon have a good one and catch you soon